Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Welcome to With a Dog Wednesday. Prefacing this with I have recorded this intro eight times already. And this is the ninth because I either say something dumb and I'm trying to make it as clean as possible so Carly doesn't have to do much while she's on vacation and I stumble on my words, I say something dumb, or I just sound straight up dumb. So anyway, nine times is the charm, I guess. So we'll see if I can run through all the info I need to without sounding like a five-year-old, I guess. So as I said, Carly's on vacation, so it's just me this week, which I'm pretty sad about. And I'm not going to lie, I'm quite jealous that she is soaking up the sun, which today is nice in Seattle, but it's definitely not getting a bikini and go down to the beach kind of weather. So slightly jelly. Um, Not much is going on in my life either. So I bought Arthur a new toy, which I'm super stoked about. Um, because it's not food related. Like all of his toys are usually something that we can put his breakfast and dinner in to keep him occupied and to give him something to do when we're not at home, like if we're at work or if we're going to the grocery store. Um, we'll kind of break up his lunch, uh, sorry, his breakfast and his dinner um, into all these different types of toys that can keep him busy. And, um, yeah, this one isn't. So it's just a suction cup that has a rope toy connected to it. Um, and then at the end, there's a, like a soft rubber chew toy. So he can like tug at it all he wants. And it's just like a day long tug of war that he can do. And so I'm pretty stoked. He hasn't quite figured it out yet. So he was just like pushing it around with his nose for a while. So I think if I start tugging on it, and have him tug the soft, um, the soft toy at the end. I think he'll start to get the hang of it and maybe start playing with it by himself. Uh, but I thought that was pretty, a pretty cool idea. Something to keep your pup busy, even if it's just while you're watching TV. You know, the author loves watching TV. So anything he can do just to not do that. Cause he'll like, if someone pulls out a gun on TV, he will launch himself at the TV. Like he's somehow going to save the world. I don't, I don't know what's going through his head. And then for me, this whole week has been such a blur. I feel like I worked a lot and which I love. I love my job. I love the doctors and the employees that I work for. They're just so nice. So I don't mind working a lot, but definitely by Friday, I was like, what's my name? I don't, I don't remember getting to work. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was a little bit like, blah. So, um, I definitely felt it on Friday, Saturday, I went for a super long run, or I guess it wasn't super long. It was pretty long. It was eight miles, um, which I haven't ran that long in a while. So I am sore today. Oh my, my, is it the adductors that are on the inside? Like the inside of your thigh? Yeah. They are screaming at me today, but in a good way. It just felt good to move my body. So I'm excited to do that again this next week coming. Um, but anyway, kind of going back to work, I was talking to one of the doctors that I work with about um, how I wanted to do a episode on this podcast about CBD because she had, um, she had helped me and Chase with his older family dog when I first arrived. She 
was 17 years when she passed and she obviously had a lot of arthritis. She didn't have much muscle mass and we just wanted to make her comfortable um, just in her last few years. She was still getting around and everything, but you know, you can tell that at that age, she, um, she just needed a bit of extra support and they had helped us use CBD in a way that could help her be more mobile. And honestly, it was like day and night. So when I spoke to her about wanting to get someone onto the podcast, uh, she was so quick to recommend Canna Companion. Um, they are local to the Seattle area. They're just outside of Seattle and they have got nearly two decades of, um, of experience and clinical trials under their belt. They have been studying the effects of CBD for a really long time. And when I was chatting to the doctor at work, she was like, you have to talk to these guys. Like they are amazing. So I was super stoked when they got back to us and said, yes. And we are interviewing Dr. Sarah Brandon today, who is the CEO and founder with her husband, Greg. And it was just so nice. It was nice to talk to a doctor about what CBD can do because there were some things that I didn't know that they could help with. I didn't know that it could help the GI tract. I didn't know it could help with neurology or their immunity. I had no idea. I just thought it was going to help with joints. It can, um, so it, yeah, it can help neurologically with seizures. It can help with their immunity, their demeanor, um, their comfort, their mobility and their joints. It's just a really great supplement. And I really hope that this reaches enough people to do some help because I really do believe in this product and um, just CBD in general. I think it's going to really change the way we view medicine in the future, personal opinion. Um, so I was really stoked to have them on. Um, just as a little preface too, um, they do they do encourage you to work with your primary vet as well if they if you if you are having some difficulties with your pup so uh, definitely work with your primary vet and they do can so it's can a companion they do free consultations so you can go online and get one sorted out for you um and you'll chat with one of their doctors there about what's going on with your pup and how they can help um and they'll go through dosages and when you should give it and what kind of timeline you're expecting to see a difference as well. Um, so definitely log on to their website and check them out. It's canacompanionusa.com. And we'll mention that towards the end of the episode as well. But definitely an episode that you should be grabbing your pen and pen. pen. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why I keep having to re-record this friggin' intro. So I'm like, grab your pen and pencil. No, grab your pen and paper because this one's a good one. Um, and yeah, I hope you have a good time. Let's bring Dr. Sarah Brandon on. So um, I think we're going to kick it off with the same question that we kick every interview off with. Okay. And so it's basically, it's a phrase that we say, who even are you? Like tell the listeners, like who even are you, that your company, um, a little bit of background on, on both dogs. of them. Yeah, your dogs. Yeah, anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my name is Dr. Sarah Brandon. I am the CEO of a hemp pet supplement company called Canna Companion. Uh, my husband, who is my CSO, uh, Dr. Greg Hopus, and I started this company, goodness, about six years ago after doing 20 years of clinical research uh, administering cannabis to dogs and cats. 
uh, we are nerds. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we go ahead and we, during that clinical trial process, we wrote down everything and kept uh, track of all that information. And when we were comfortable that we had a decent uh, dose range for cannabis, for hemp specifically, uh, for dogs and cats, then we went ahead and decided to open the company, made it available, and we continued to collect information. Um, at one point, in order to order the product, you had to fill out uh, a form that indicated what you know what species your pet was. Uh, if it was a dog, you know, was this a really big dog, small dog, what breed? Uh, and we added that to our database. Um, and then we still do that with our consultation appointments, although the products are now available in retail stores, online, and everything else. So that's that's kind of the business side of it. Um, Personally, uh, we have rescued two Belgian Malinois, and they are my buddies. They go backpacking with me. They go hiking. We uh, walk about eight miles a day. Um, we do everything together. I'm, I get to work from home, so they hang out with me and sleep downstairs until I'm ready to go play ball, and then we go play ball. <laughs> That's great. They're a very active, <laughs> intense breed as yeah. well. I was just about yes. to say, like, was – have you owned like shepherds and Malinois in the past or did you like jump straight into it? Because I don't think oh. I could do that as a first, as a first dog. <laughs> I don't recommend anybody doing it as a first dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are yes, intense, high energy. You nailed it. Um, no, we had, uh, we had rescue uh, herding dogs before and some guard dogs, Rottweilers, uh, things like that. And um, took about a year to, uh, research this breed. And we were looking for something that could keep up with me on the trail. I, I really go a lot. Uh, so we needed somebody that could keep up with me on the trail while also adding a little bit of protection when I go by myself. And, yeah. Um, good idea. And they, we rescued them and then they taught us that we knew nothing about training dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, we learned that you have to give them three, four or five different commands to learn at one time otherwise they get bored and eat your walls literally eat your walls wow. <laughs> yeah yeah they are no, we so stuck. smart mm-hmm. yep yeah. we stepped yeah. up our game everybody's happy walls are intact <laughs> <laughs> and you said you and your husband uh slash business partner are mm-hmm. both doctors so were you veterinarians or were you mm-hmm. in the like science side we are both veterinarians okay. uh yep we um we grew up in the Midwest and I went to school there at Oklahoma State University. And then as soon as we graduated, we decided we needed to come up to the Pacific Northwest. That's where we ended up a um, long time ago, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so tell us a little bit more about your company. And um, so you said that you do consultations mm-hmm. and is that, um, is that telemedicine or do you have a location? It is telemedicine. Uh, so we have a, an online form where someone can uh, fill out basics, much like you would going to uh, any medical facility. And uh, you can schedule to either speak with our veterinary nurse, who is our third business partner, uh, or myself. Um, uh, my husband doesn't typically do consultations, although he's available if you know my nurse or I need additional assistance, we can go ahead and ask him for that. Um, and we do them for free. We don't want to charge anybody for them. We hope that our product is the best one for your pet. But if it's not, we'll help you find something else. Uh, there are plenty of animals yeah. that come to us that just want to make sure that they're on the right the right product for them. And if they're doing great and the product that they're taking is uh, safe and it's free of pesticides and things like that, hey, uh, we don't want to change them. 
Um, but if they're not doing okay, then we can help them figure out what needs to happen. Uh, we encourage people to keep the veterinarians in the loop. Uh, some people do, some don't, um, <laughs> but we're available for that for them as well. Uh, and we'll do a separate consultation with the doctor or the same. We can, we can do a lot of stuff. We're very flexible about that. Um, and if you don't want to do a consultation, then you can just buy the product online or you can get it at a retail store and ask our customer service uh, any questions and they can help you or shuttle it back to uh, the consultation department. <laughs> That's awesome. Like the personalization that yeah. you get. Cause I think that's, you know, maybe why a lot of people shy away from taking that jump into CBD products because they don't know, you know, or they're nervous about like the different dosage or anything like that. Or is this even going to help? Is this even a product that is going to benefit my dog? So yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, going back just to like cover the basics still, what is CP- CBD? And like, how does it benefit dogs and people, I guess? Because it seems like it's definitely a, a thing that's gaining a lot of traction yeah. like in the wellness world. You asked a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will do my best to make it simple um, or make the answer simple. Just for the people who maybe like haven't even heard of it. Absolutely. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to, I'm going to bear with me. I'll come back around to your actual the, the specific question, but when we talk about CBD, it, it's kind of this big buzz phrase right now. And CBD will do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. CBD is nothing more than a chemical, and it happens to be a chemical that we find in high concentrations in cannabis. And it doesn't matter what kind of cannabis plant it is; it could be marijuana, which is also happens to be really high in THC usually, but has some CBD, or it can be hemp, which is higher in CBD than THC. Why do we talk about these different compounds with these plants? Well, in the case of marijuana, if you are a human and you choose to get high, or let's say you have a medical condition that gives you nausea or makes you very anxious or something along those lines, uh, sometimes that higher THC and the dysphoria that you can get from it can make you feel better, make you want to eat, things like that. Mm-hmm. However, dogs don't like that. They don't like getting high. They don't like the feeling of it. Not a good thing. But yeah. You can still get some of those benefits from a CBD heavy product. So that's where you're looking at hemp. And CBD is the, it's the compound that, that has a lot of benefits, similar benefits as THC, except that it can't get you high. It doesn't have that dysphoric feeling. Typically, it's not going to make you anxious. Uh, you hear some people when they smoke marijuana, they get the fear. Um, it doesn't happen with CBD. Just it's impossible. It can't happen. Um, but the two of them together, are where we see a lot of big benefits in dogs, cats, and humans. And that really has to do with how the cannabis receptor system functions in all species. And when I say all, I mean, even down into invertebrates, um, things in the ocean that have no access to cannabis, (laughs) they still have a cannabis receptor system. And it still functions the same as it does in dogs and as it does in humans. And when we get down to the very nitty gritty of that, you have this receptor that is we call it a negative feedback loop that kind of functions like an HVAC system. It wants to always find balance. And in the case of THC, we'll call that something that's really hot. And we'll say CBD is really cold. So if you're looking at an HVAC system and you set it at 70 degrees, and man, that's great. Um, you're going to have a little bit of balance, a little fluctuation between hot and cold so that it maintains that temperature. That's exactly what the cannabis receptor system does. It wants balance and happiness in the body. And I say happiness. It wants all the cells in the body to get along. 
doesn't want stress, doesn't want infection, doesn't want uh, upset stomachs, wants everything happy. So in that range, it tries to do that. And it just kind of fluctuates CBD and THC to make that happen. And that balance is where we see all the different benefits. You keep the receptor system happy. You can see dogs with joint pain get up and they feel better. They're able to walk a little further. Uh, you can see dogs with separation anxiety go, maybe I don't need to be so stressed. <laughs> like that. The long-winded answer, but I hope that answers your question, at least gets us going in that way. Yeah, no, it definitely did. So just to clarify, you said like when they both work together, are you saying THC and CBD? Yes. Okay. Both, but you have to have more CBD than THC so that you don't get high. Okay. Okay. So, so that's like a microscopic amount in comparison to the CBD yep. that still gets that medical benefit, but... Yeah. So it's just, it's just like yeah. a really small amount of the THC. Exactly. It sounds yeah, like it's it just, just to get yeah. that negative feedback loop, like working. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And if we're going to do, I'll give you some percent. So when we talk hemp, the federal government has said that hemp must be uh, anything from the cannabis plant. They don't care if it's technically marijuana or TH, excuse me, marijuana or hemp from any classification other than THC content. Hemp has to have a THC of less than 0.3%. Very, very, very mm -hmm. tiny. Okay. By comparison, uh, in a recreational state, you know, here in Washington, you can go to the, the pot store and get, man, you can get 15, 20, 25% THC. So it's very, very, very tiny amounts that we want to give to our dogs. And correspondingly, because you're using both THC and CBD, you don't need massive amounts of CBD either. Maybe one, one and a half percent CBD, something very small like that. Okay. So pretty much the difference between uh, CBD for humans and CBD for dogs is for humans, it's probably going to contain a higher dosage of THC. It's probably going to contain a higher dosage of THC. And more importantly, it's going to be a lot more concentrated than what you're going to find for any pet product. Okay. Um, CBD is relatively safe, whether given alone or given with THC, but it's not completely safe. Uh, the higher the dose you go, uh, especially if you're using only CBD, the more adverse effects you're going to have. Uh, one of the most common adverse effects is sedation. CBD is very calming, very sedating. And if you take too much, you're going to sleep a lot. If you take a lot, a lot, it can actually make you comatose. Now that's rare and we don't see that in dogs. But I say it because if you were to give, let's say a Chihuahua or Yorkshire Terrier, a human CBD product, you may accidentally give them that much and they'll sleep for 24 plus hours and not mm -hmm. be able to be woken up. So you have to be very, very careful with that. Uh, the same applies if you're giving CBD plus THC, but you usually don't even have to give huge quantities and it's going to be a little bit safer simply because you're not going to push the system out of balance. Okay. So lesson one for the listeners, don't <laughs> be giving your personal human CBD Please your dogs. Don't be <laughs> dropping that in their food, being like, oh, they're sore today and I'm just going to give it. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Good for, yeah. for everyone. <laughs> Lesson one, as I'm sure of many that we're going to find out today. Um, so what regulations and testing do you guys have to go through to ensure its safety? Because I know that's a huge concern with dog owners is where is this coming from? Is it safe? What studies have been done? And 
I think because some haven't had any studies. I think it's just a lot of people just making CBD treats and selling them. So what's the difference between kind of your company or kind of any other company that's more medicinal versus more of a treat-based supplement, I guess? The, the first part of the question regarding regulatory, nothing. We're not actually required to test anything, and it's terrifying. Mm. The pet supplement industry is very loosely regulated, and I say loosely in that, in theory, the FDA is supposed to have oversight over supplement companies. Uh, however, uh, they are definitely understaffed, and they do not typically, um, they just don't have enough people to really watch over the supplement industry. They have tried to set it up so the supplement industry needs to take care of itself and kind of police itself a little bit. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened very much. Um, so what's required of us? Not much. However, you can use that to your advantage when you're trying to look for what company you want to use, what product you want to give to your dog. Right. From that aspect, if a company says, hey, I know it's not required, but I'm going to stick to what's called the current good manufacturing practices, CGMPs. This is what kind of a group of overall practices in manufacturing that the FDA requires of drug companies. While supplements may not be drug companies, there's no reason why supplements can't be manufactured in a clean, in a clean facility using clean products with employees that care about what they're doing and they, you know, they wear the right personal protection equipment, you know, caps, masks, things like that. Um, make sure that they're outerwear that they wear outside the facility doesn't have the ability to uh, contaminate anything inside the facility. So that's kind of the basics of it. Okay. How do you know if that's what you're getting? Well, here's the hard part. Hmm. You have to either look and see if they have a GMP certification. Mm -hmm. Usually a company will announce that to the stars. They want everybody to know. If they don't have a CGMP um, uh, certification, then maybe they have what's called an NASC seal. And NASC stands for National Animal Supplement Council. They are an organization that realized there was a vacuum here in the regulatory uh, sector of the pet supplement industry. And they're kind of that body that comes in and says, hey, the people here that have this seal, uh, they have done everything that's necessary for their GMPs and it makes makes us feel better and it makes the FDA happy. So that's what you want to look for, either a GMP certification or if they don't have it, an NASC seal, if they don't have either of those, something that indicates, hey, we're still making sure that our products are clean. Okay. So maybe like a third party tester yes. breaks it down, something yes, like that. Okay. That's it. And that's the nut of it. That's where we come down to how do you choose what you want to give your dog? How do you know if you want to give them something from the pet store, something from the veterinary hospital, or a place that carries both? Um, okay. You have to do a little research. Usually your veterinarian is going to have done that for you. What they have almost always is going to be a company that ha is reputable, produces clean product, and has the third-party testing to back it up. Okay. Uh, well, some I, I think that's what everyone is looking for, is just someone to be like, yes, this is okay for you to give your dog. And not kind of be like, I think from my own research, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants yeah. to be that governing body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Okay. So, so those two 
acronyms that I'm not going to try to, it's okay. okay. So those two, those ones are for like, if it's a, like a clean product and good business practices and everything like that, does that also cover like proving the effectiveness of the product? No, that's a whole different deal. Okay. So here's the downside with the cannabis industry, especially when it comes to dogs. We have a lot of background studies, meaning a lot of the studies that were done in preparation for human drug trials were done on rodents, dogs, cats, guinea pigs, etc. So from that aspect, we have some, we have quite a bit of data over the years that has indicated, well, nothing more than dogs have a cannabis receptor system and it seems to function the same as humans. That's great. Mm-hmm. There are three or four studies out there on dogs specifically that indicate CBD only oil meaning there's no THC in it, uh, can reduce seizures, uh, can assist in arthritis, uh, and at least doesn't produce any serious toxic side effects. And I say that because the most common side effects that we see and the doses that they have to use for those studies are diarrhea and an elevation in one of the liver enzymes. That liver enzyme is a stress enzyme, so it's not horrible. Right. But if you can use a lower dose, which usually means you have to add THC, you don't see that uh, that liver value enzyme uh, going and up. That's a pretty common um, side effect of a lot of drugs as well is that it has an effect on liver. So that's not an unusual side effect, correct? Correct. You're okay. absolutely correct. Uh, it's just because the liver is responsible for metabolizing all of these things. Um, a lot of drugs are metabolized <laughs> in the liver. CBD is metabolized there as well. But interestingly, when you add a little THC, uh, it doesn't appear to stress the liver. They kind of balance each other out. Um, So it's a lot easier that way. Yeah. I wonder if that's the same in humans. I don't know yet. I presume so. Yeah. Uh, From everything that we have been able to find, it seems to be the case. Uh, It's interesting. The Western community, Western medical community is very okay with accepting high liver values. I think that's okay to an extent, but I don't think it's necessary when it comes to cannabis. It just doesn't seem like we're really going to need that. And here's where new studies are going to have to come in. We need those studies that say, yeah, balanced cannabis products can uh, reduce arthritis equally as well as a high CBD only, and it doesn't cause liver value elevations. Great. I hope that is what pans out. Our data indicates that, but our data is not double-blind studies. Okay. Yeah, because you're... Um, observational. <laughs> right. Yeah. Completely observational. And exactly. so because um because cannabis has just very recently in terms of history become available, is that why there's not many studies? Because it just hasn't been able to be studied for a long time? It hasn't been able to be studied legally for a long time. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I say that because, and that really is isolated to the United States. A lot of other company, uh, excuse me, countries like Israel. Israel is 15, 20 years ahead of us in their medical cannabis studies. That's um, cool. It may not be legal to have, you know, cannabis at home, but uh, medical cannabis, they certainly have made it just leaps and bounds in that area. Uh, and a lot of the information that, um, United States-based researchers are following up on are things that were originally done in other countries, even just five years ago. Um, unfortunately, United States, uh, their cannabis prohibition, they said you could get licenses to study cannabis in a controlled setting with their approval, and then they didn't give me those out. Um, so that was the big hamper nice. on that. Yeah. It was, 
<clears throat> frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> those, those of us that would really have liked to have done it on the up and up instead of yeah. hiding, it would have been nice. However, uh, at least that's been removed and people can start studying it more. Um, the FDA is getting a little bit more relaxed about uh, marijuana-based studies for the human side. And it sounds like uh, the World Health Organization may be going in that direction too. We see. They obviously have other things on their plates right now, but yeah, they're, kind of, they're considering it. <laughs> um, who would do those studies when, if they do happen? Like what kind of governing body or what is it like? Can you do like, as a company, can you do them? Or do they have to be like in some kind of veterinary college situation? All of that. Okay. So uh, a lot of times veterinary colleges are involved simply because they have um, certain populations of patients that they can call upon. Uh, our studies, the uh, ones that we do and the ones that we will be doing in the future are more along the lines of uh, here, have a placebo in this group of dogs and have the unnamed hemp supplement in another group of dogs and in, in a live setting, let the attending veterinarian dispense them, we collect data, and then we publish that data. So that would be a company originating uh, study. Studies are going to be just somebody that's in a research institution, and they want to do their own research, that they want to start comparing products that are out there, and they will just do it. And it has no bearing on any company or uh, medical facility or governmental facility. So all of those are going all the time. <laughs> So in those studies, or just, I guess, when anyone gives CBD, a CBD product to their dogs, um, what is actually happening in the dog's body or even in the humans? Like, is it, is it, you kind of, you already talked about like the negative feedback loop and how it's digested and everything, but is it that it's reducing inflammation in the body or is it like, how does that work? I guess. Oh, another loaded question. In a basic way, like, I mean, uh, you don't need to, yeah. <laughs> um, how to answer that one. So I think the best way to answer this is, hmm, let's, let's talk about the endocannabinoid system itself. So the cannabis receptor system, uh, yes, we talked about how it functions with the negative feedback uh, loop in the receptor, but how does it know where to put those receptors? Are they there all the time? Does it constantly move them around? Well, the answer is yes. We have a baseline number of receptors that are in our bodies. Same thing with dogs. That handles our day-to-day -day, um, homeostasis. That's probably the best way to say it. It makes sure that our blood pressure goes up and down like it should over the course of the day. If we have a little cut on our hand or in the case of a dog, a cut on the paw, um, it will go in and it will try to correct those things. Now, how does it know how to correct it? Well, it listens to the body's stress chemicals. Anytime there's a stress chemical that's put out, the cannabis receptor system is listening and it wants to try to correct that, it wants to try to help the body reduce stress. So it will make and activate more receptors in that location, shuttle compounds over to that area until those stress chemicals go away, and then it makes the receptors go away and everything goes back down the baseline. That happens constantly. Mm -hmm. But what happens if you have an older dog that has arthritis or um, a dog that has had anxiety for years? Now, that up and down is still happening, but it's not going to be enough to take care of that constant level of stress. Okay. So when you get a cannabis supplement, you're literally just saying, here, cannabis receptor, here's some compounds. You do with it what you need to. You're not really telling the system what to do. You're just giving it the extra compounds that now it can go, ah, finally, 
I can make these receptors where I know they need to be, and I have the compounds that I need in order to make them, to activate them and to let them do their thing and to reduce inflammation, to reduce pain, reduce anxiety, things like that. Mm. Make sense? Okay. Yes. Gotcha. That was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. That makes (laughs) so much sense. Good. Next question is like, how, what is the actual practical like usage of it? Like, does it take an immediate effect in an animal's body or how long, like, do you need to wait, you know, like three months after you first give it to your dog to really see a, some kind of effectiveness or result? Like, I know that I, I have an older dog. He has, he doesn't really have arthritis, but he's slowing down, you know, and I just want to make sure that, that he's still, you know, moving well and everything. And I've given him like golden paste with the turmeric for months. And, and I'm like, I honestly cannot tell a difference. And I'm spending money on this thing. Like, uh, I don't know. So I guess how frequently, I guess, should it be used um, for like an ongoing problem like arthritis? And how do you determine the dosage? All of the like practical questions, basically. (laughs) Okay. Practicals. Got it. We can do the practicals. Okay. Uh, So how long does it take to affect? Well, it varies. Okay. If you have an active situation going on, um, say your dog goes out, runs around, sprains his wrist, and uh, now you've got active acute inflammation going on, you're probably going to get a response within the first or second dose, whether it be oil or capsule, uh, and they're going to feel better pretty quickly. That's because you have this immediate need going on. The cannabis receptor system is awake. It knows there's problems. It's trying to address them. Oh, great. We have compounds. It goes and takes care of it. Problem done. You can trigger that same effect. Uh, let's say in the case of separation anxiety or uh, fireworks, noise phobias, um, you can trigger that same effect by giving higher doses at one time. And you're essentially kind of shoving the cannabis system into, hey, 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 I am setting you up. We're going to have some anxiety. I need you to be ready. And so you kind of preempt it with a higher dose. So that's kind mm-hmm. of the second way to do it. But when you're looking at the long term, long term usually means lower dose. You're hardly going to have any side effects. And if you do, they're going to be pretty mild. There may be a little sedation for a couple of days, maybe some soft stool if they're really sensitive. And again, it just goes away in a few days. That means that we're going to take a little bit longer for the cannabis system to go, oh, I do have the compounds. I need them. Let me slowly go ahead and make some more receptors where I think they're needed. I'm getting these signals from the body and it just kind of takes a little bit longer to the effect of about two weeks. 10 to 14 days is going to be your average uh, response time Okay. for any supplement, including cannabis. If you're after a month and you have seen no response, either you need a much higher dose or that's not the right product for your dog. Boom. At that point, you got to contact yeah. a, contact either your veterinarian, the company, <laughs> Whatever the product is, yeah, kind of reevaluate. That's good. That's so good to know. Yet another lesson for the, because <laughs> I think, yeah, that 10 to 14 day average is, I think, yeah. really good because I, I think maybe another reason that people are hesitant to try it is because they don't, they don't want to invest or they buy like a huge amount of it, right. You know, mm-hmm. from the store, right mm-hmm. off the bat, like the Costco <laughs> size CBD. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, this didn't even work for my dog and, yeah. or whatever, you know? So yeah. yeah so that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Time for frame. Sure. So we've kind of touched on, so noise phobias, it can help with, it can help with arthritis. Um, you kind of mentioned seizures. Is that something that's very common and 
is it like a, a constant use of CBD can help or is it like when they're having a seizure, like squirt yes. it in their mouth? Yes, both. Okay. <laughs> uh, so if you're looking at uh, uh, any kind of seizure condition, giving hemp capsules or just a little a nice little low dose over the long haul is going to help their body adjust. Is mm -hmm. it going to stop the seizures? In some cases, yes. But more likely, you're going to reduce the frequency of them. You're not going okay. to stop them. Right. And by reducing the frequency, let's say just on capsules alone, um, the dog was having one seizure a week. Well, what can you expect after a month? You could expect maybe one seizure every two weeks. Okay. Not bad. Is yeah. it going to get better from there? Maybe. It really depends on what kind of stress is going on in that particular dog's brain that led to this. Okay. Is there, are, are there any other medical conditions in the rest of the body that also need to be addressed? Those things just mean that if, if we have a massive seizures on a regular basis, they've been going on for a long time, and let's say we have a diabetic dog who also has neck pain, it's going to take a long time, and it's going yeah. to take a much higher dose. But long right. time, how long is that? Well, two versus maybe two or three months versus one month. Okay. You should still see a response. Yeah. Um, it. That's with capsules. Now, you asked about, do you just give it whenever they have a seizure? Yes, you can do that too. In fact, I would say the ideal response is the capsules in the background, helping the body maintain that low level of stress regulation. And it, it does make a difference. It's cumulative. After about a year in uh, human research, I'll jump around a little bit here, but after about a year on consistent cannabis therapy, um, there are a lot of PTSD victims that you can actually see changes in their brain chemistry and in their brain anatomy on MRIs and CTs. There's no reason wow. to think that dogs don't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So after a year on therapy, a dog that was having seizures once a week, maybe they're having them once every two months now, and it's much harder for their brain to have that seizure. That's the important thing. Huh. Make it harder for the brain to have a seizure. Yeah, to reduce the thing completely. Exactly. You retake, you're, you're retraining the brain. The cannabis system comes in and says, whoa, whoa, you have a lot of stress here. Why don't we just bypass that? But it takes time for it to teach the brain how to bypass it. Um, oils can be used quicker. So let's say your dog is prone to cluster seizures. They have one seizure and two hours later they have another one. And then four hours later they have another one. That's where the capsules aren't going to really help you. And I say that because that they may be working in the background for the long haul, but they don't they don't have a fast onset of action. So meaning it takes about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, even longer sometimes for the compounds to hit the body. When you give an oil, you can give that under the tongue or in the cheek pouch, on the gums, anywhere in the mouth. And it, a lot of it will absorb very quickly and it can work within a few minutes. So the oils are great to add on top of things when you know you have a seizure coming, when you think one's coming, when one's already occurred. It can just give that a cannabis system, a boost of compounds to help calm the brain much quicker. Okay. That, that makes so much sense. I'm, I'm happy you explained that because so <laughs> maybe if it's for something with like arthritis, yeah. you can do it like the capsule every day, just nice, something nice. And, you know, but if it's like an immediate thing, then maybe more of the oil or something. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you mentioned every day and the capsules, capsules you're going to have to give twice a day. That's pretty typical because of how long it takes for the body to uh, digest and absorb, metabolize those compounds, and then get rid of them. So twice okay. a day is standard unless you have a really, really mild dog, uh, whatever the condition is, really mild, then once a day is good. Um, oils, let's say you have a really small dog, a chihuahua, 
there's no way you're going to get a capsule into a chihuahua. They're just too tiny. So sometimes an oil is best, but you may have to give it three times a day because Mm -hmm. they're going to have a faster metabolism and oils are also broken down quicker than a capsule is going to be. Yep. Perfect. So next question, topical CBD. Where does that, because I feel like I've seen a lot of that for, for humans, at least like balms and, oh, you you know, pulled your shoulder playing tennis, rubbed the CBD oil on it. Is there something equivalent for dogs? Like, should they use it or? Well, maybe for a Chinese crested. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's just, it's not going to go through the fur. Yeah, it's uh, the the topical as a general rule. Let's say you can deal with the fur issue. You can shave them. Your dog doesn't care if they're shaved. You don't care if your dog shaved. So you can shave them and you can put them on and they work really great locally. But you're not going to get a huge absorption systemically. Uh, there are some companies that are trying to alter how those compounds are absorbed. They wrap them in, um, they wrap them in essentially fat layers so they get into the skin a little bit better. And they're trying to get it to where you administer it topically and it goes to your heart, to your bladder or whatever. That okay. is possible. But unfortunately, what happens is you're, you, get too many compounds in the body at one time and the cannabis system goes, eh, I, I can't use all these at once. And so it kicks them out. You just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So where is that line? I don't know. Research as a general rule doesn't know yet, but I caution people against trying to do a bunch of topical stuff in order to avoid an oral therapy just yet. The, the, the science isn't quite there yet to be able to do that in dogs. So I wouldn't do it. Okay. Good to know. And then, so kind of going over dosages because I know that I've seen, I used my older dog who passed away. She had CBD um, kind of within her last year and it definitely did amazing things. But I noticed when I was trying to find the right um, product for her was that mm-hmm. some would have a dosage recommendation and it would have a loading dose and depending on her weight and then like a maintenance level And then others were just like, yeah, just give them a treat once a day and, and that's it. Is there a difference between the, the companies who have a loading dose and the companies who don't have a loading dose? Probably. Uh, As a general rule, loading doses are not necessary and they don't really help you. Okay. And I say that because it's, the only time that a loading dose is really going to make a difference, I can, I can really think of two times. One is if you were dealing with a severe separation anxiety or some kind of acute onset anxiety. Okay. You have a, a well, I'll tell you, one of my patients uh, had a severe noise phobia. And when fireworks would go off, he would go catatonic. We actually have videos of this poor dog. He would just freeze and stare and he couldn't move. He was petrified. Aww. We gave him really high quantities, and I say really high, things that would make me sleep for six or seven hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it helped him. Yeah. So why did we do that? Why did we hit him so hard? Because his fear was overwhelming, and I didn't care if it made him sleep. This poor guy just needed to sleep. So I was willing to deal with the side effects. Mm-hmm. Did that loading dose upregulate his cannabis receptor system faster than if I hadn't done it? I don't think so. Based on his responses, I would say no. It still took us another year before he was able to not have severe panic attacks when these things would happen. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's a big deal. 
And I don't think it's really going to help so far as starting a loading dose and then long-term care. Okay. Similarly, with say a seizure, let's say your dog had a seizure and you had oil on hand, you could give a higher dose and it might help them quicker for that particular immediate need, but it's not going to do anything for that long-term upregulatory process. It doesn't help okay. that. So on those back to onset moments, um, yeah. there are more receptors that have been released. And so that higher loading dose of taking care of those receptors, giving them what yeah. they need but yeah. on a standard maintenance level those receptors are already, they're already there and they're already yeah. wanting their food. So yeah, um, yeah. you give them their food and sometimes it's too much. Yeah. It's not, and it's not necessary. I don't think it's hurting them, but it's just, it's not necessary. You're not right. really okay. going to make a big difference giving them a loading dose. Okay. They're just um, excreting it through. Do they yeah. excrete it through the urine if they don't use it like humans do? With supplements? So urine and fecal matter. It just depends okay. on what stage the cannabis system has said we're not gonna you don't need it. And there's a okay. lot of a lot of the compounds that are ingested are lost in the GI tract anyway. Fine. The doses take that into account. Okay. Um you also asked about treats and why some companies say, yeah, I just give a couple of treats. Well, here's where you're going to get a division and I can't give you a full generalization. I can't say that a company that says give trees, they don't know what they're talking about. That's not necessarily <laughs> true. I do know a couple of companies that, that know what they're doing uh, and they have treats. Other companies are using treats to, they're, they're just like any other company trying to make money. Okay. It's like a marketing ploy, like CBD yes. in our treats. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Please, listeners, please <laughs> do not give just a generic CBD treat for a couple of weeks and it doesn't work and say that all cannabis is bad. That's not mm-hmm. that's not it. It just means that that particular product wasn't right for your dog. Not all uh, CBD products are created equal, folks. Yes, yes. And I would say, at least in our data, which you're looking at 10,000 patients, and that's a lot of data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's less than about 2% that I would say don't respond. They just, doesn't matter how much cannabis you're going to give them, their cannabis receptor systems aren't going to respond. You get the okay. same relative percentages in the human population too. Interesting. Yeah. So speaking of not all brands and companies being created equal, um, what should a person look for on the label when they're buying like a CBD product? for their dog, whether on the label or on a website? The website is going to be more helpful or should be Mm -hmm. because the labels can say a lot of different interesting claims and there's very little for uh, the pet parent to do when they're at the store going, I don't know which one to buy. Um, So I would caution against that just buying based on what the label says. That said, the label should indicate exactly what's in it. It should say this this is full spectrum hemp. This is uh, a hemp extract. This is a CBD isolate. If it is a CBD isolate, those have some restrictions in certain states. That also may not be what you want to give your dog. It's not. It's it's the CBD that has been chemically removed and isolated from the cannabis plant, as opposed to a full spectrum extract, which is kind of like squeezing the compounds out instead of using chemicals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if you're looking for a label. You want that full spectrum hemp, that whole spectrum hemp. That's really what you're looking for on the label. But on the website, you need to be able to get a certificate of analysis, either directly from the website or contacting the company and say, hey, 
can I get a, a certificate of analysis for batch number, whatever. Oh, That's dang. your okay. best way to make sure that you have at least a safe, good product and that whatever the company says is in their product, you now have the proof that, oh yeah, they say there's five milligrams of CBD in this treat. Look, they have a certificate of analysis that says five milligrams of CBD in this treat. So that's, awesome. that's the big thing. If you can okay. do that, you're good. Okay. And that's good to know. And I think it kind of forces people to do a little bit more research and kind of go that extra step in making sure that they're keeping the companies accountable. Because I'm sure if, if that area of the website wasn't visited or they didn't get many inquiries like that year, then maybe that would cause some companies to kind of slip on that. Mm-hmm. one yes. would assume if there's Maybe. no regulations. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it less. It certainly, I, I think the best way to say it would be that, that the companies that have your dog's health in mind, truly, truly in mind, that is what they are there for is to help you and to help your dog. They're the ones that are out there fighting for the regulations. They're the ones out there saying, Hey, we need to provide these test results. We need to be open companies. We need to tell people about our company. We need to be available and open to the public. Those are the companies you want to talk to. Yeah. They're the ones that you want making the, making the supplements for your dogs. However, unfortunately, it's left to the, the pet parent to do the research, but it's worth it. In this case, it's worth it. Um, to be a little scary on this, we test yeah. a lot of products. Uh, we test competitors. We test products that people send us just to see what's in it. And we have tested things that were supposed to have CBD and all they have are olive oil. Um, wow. It's really scary and it's yeah. not right. It's not right. Uh, the FDA has found similar results when they've done studies and they've, they've done, you know, they've tested a whole bunch of different products and they're like, yeah, this has nothing that was advertised in it. And are those companies being like brought accountable for those? Like if they, if the FDA have tested them and said, oh, this just has olive oil in can they follow through with anything or are they just like, Oh, well, that's that. then? Well, unfortunately the latter is what's occurring despite okay. the fact that they are able to, they are legally able to come in and shut a company down if they want to. They haven't done it in a long time. Yeah. Um, again, that's such a shame. It, it really is. It's incredibly frustrating. Fund um, the FDA. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have, they have some good, you know, like any organization, they've got the good and the bad with them. Um, mm-hmm. They're not enforcing is a big problem and it has been brought up to them many times by a lot of companies and a lot of organizations that are standing here going, we're doing what you guys are asking. Please, please make these other guys go away. They're jerks. They're not doing the right thing. They're Mm -hmm. actively fighting you, which means they're actively against the industry. Just stop. They haven't. I I hope they will be able to soon. Uh, It's it's the downside of their their organization right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, Speaking of awesome companies. Let's circle back a little bit to your company, Hannah Companion. <laughs> and and um, if we could just, I just want the listeners, you know, you've given us so much information about CBD and the science behind it. I want to make sure that if people do want to reach out to you and work with your company or buy any products that you kind of give them a little bit more info about it. So, um, Basically, you said that you, you had like over 10,000, not studies, but like test subjects or clients that you've worked with? Uh, patients in our database. So that okay. ranges from 
mostly dogs, um, probably about 60% dogs. Then we have cats. And then it gets into all kinds of interesting things. Um, horses, goats, guinea pigs, skunks, birds, alligators. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, to take your <laughs> How can I soothe my alligator? He has anxiety and keeps eating people. He's a little snappy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so so definitely a wide range, yes. it sounds like. And how long have you guys been doing this? So we started our company uh, February of 2014. Okay. Um, we've been available since then. Um, you guys are based in the Seattle area, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We're just, uh, our manufacturing facility is uh, about an hour north uh, north of Seattle area, and um, we do all the formulations. We manufacture and we ship directly from that same place. So, for the manufacturing, how do you how do you guys source your hemp? I guess, or how does that work? Mm-hmm. So, originally, uh, prior to two thousand eighteen, uh, we were sourcing um, most of our hemp either from Canada or EU certified countries. Mm-hmm. And that was where we were chose to get it. Uh, now we are able to get it domestically. So mm-hmm. our products are either grown here mm-hmm. in Washington or in uh, South Carolina. Very cool. Awesome. And it's like pesticide-free, organic. Yes. Yes, although organic. Here's the another weird regulatory thing. Uh, <laughs> if you say your product is organic, you now fall under USDA regulation. Okay. Uh, USDA regulation for pet supplements uh, makes them actually pet food, animal feed. And okay. a lot of states have said no hemp can be allowed in animal feed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we don't say organic. That said, okay. uh, we do make sure that all of the companies that we source from, they provide us with pesticide-free and or uh, USDA or something like Oregon Tilth, um, Organic Association certifications. And we also test them to make sure that they are negative for pesticides. That's okay. as much as we can do without saying it's organic. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that was my main question is just about the company and, yeah. and everything. And it's uh, canacompanion.com, correct? Yes. Canacompanionusa.com. Perfect. And you guys have an Instagram. We do. We have an Instagram. We've got a Facebook. Yep. Instagram. Um, we're a very small company, uh, but we do a lot of personalization. We don't. Anybody that answers our customer service phone, which you're looking at two people, um, <laughs> there's no requirements on how long they get to talk to you. They talk until your questions are answered. That's, that's awesome. So, that's so great. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, the personalization sounds. Yeah. So that's just such a good service to have, especially in this area. Just so many dogs. Yeah. So, yeah. so many so, dogs. So many yeah. dogs. <laughs> yes. And the very active dogs that probably, yes. you know, need some help with, with all of that. So I think... Um, yeah, just what Izzy was saying, you know, sometimes there's some vets out there that are, you know, maybe not as open or not as familiar with CBD as a supplement. And so I think it's so great that you guys also have the consult where you can like the, the veterinarian can contact you and, you know, just to like learn more about your company and stuff. And you you guys can work together, like all three, rather than the vet just being like, Oh, I, I don't really know. Like go to mud Bay and find or something. So I think that's, (laughs) that's great. Um, anyway. Okay. Well, now that we've hyped up the company, all the listeners (laughs) go, go check them out for sure. I know I am definitely going to be for Lupin for his, um, 
old age and Aldi. get rid of that turmeric paste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aldi for, for Aldi's like anxiety. It'll be, it'll be great. Anxiety in the car. I'm oh really... yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> yes. So you will definitely be hearing from me. Um, but yeah, well, thank you so much for this interview. It was, it was very enlightening, very information dense, but I think that's what we needed. Yeah. I think that's what everyone wants. It is. Yeah. It's been a hot topic in our community. So um, I think it's going to be a pretty popular episode. Yeah. Appreciate both of you ladies for having me on. And if any of your listeners have questions, contact us. We are very happy to help you out and just chat about it. We talk about cannabis and your dog all day long. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest that would be more than happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap yeah, it up. We'll wrap it up and we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank All right. you. Take Thank care. You. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. You can find us on Instagram at With a Dog Podcast. We have a great Facebook community called With a Dog Paparazzi. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with your friends and family. All content on With a Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist. 